entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf and today with our guest host, Jay Kelly Hoey. Along with Kelly and our executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guys on this learning journey. To learn more about Kelly, check out her website at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. Okay, Kelly, let's get the conversation going. Thanks, Marty. This is Kelly Hoey, and I am thrilled today. My guest is Stephanie Sperlin, Vice President, Workplace Solutions at Capital One. Welcome to the Business Builder Show, Steph. Thanks so much, Kelly. I'm excited to be here today. So rather than me reading off your bio um, or having people, you know, well, well, we will put a link to where they can find you on the interwebs. Uh, let's... Um, Let's go this way. Let's have you describe what your current role is and what the Workplace Solutions Group does uh, and is responsible for at Capital One, because a lot of folks might hear Workplace Solutions and have no idea what that is. That sounds grand. I'd love to do that. So my current role within Workplace Solutions at Capital One is I am the leader of our central services teams. And so what does that mean? It means that uh, actually the groups that report to me are all horizontal real estate operational type teams that are supporting our office portfolio around the globe. A majority of our real estate portfolio is domestic. Um, and so I have our data and analytics team. Um, I've got our workplace strategists that are figuring out um, the workplace environment and strategy that we're creating as well as all of our hospitality experiences and any services um, that are uh, supporting our associates. So cafeterias and fitness and art programs and conference services and guest service agents. Um, I've got the digital workplace, so all of those digital tools that help folks navigate around our workplace and be able to connect better um, as part of my world. I've got um, kind of our critical systems operations team. So, you know, the folks that are dealing with our generators and our chillers and all of the critical systems buildings, running the buildings, um, as well as business services, mail and print operations and um, the risk office, making sure that we're well managed in all of the work that we do, um, as well as the corporate sustainability office. So really focusing um, on doing the right thing for the environment um, through a series of different programs and initiatives that we have. And so that's my role. And then we, we set those strategies and, and work with all the partners that are the performers um, across our different regions and office portfolio. Um, so so that, that's what I do. Um, workplace solutions within Capital One is um, a corporate real estate function. And we really work with all of the lines of business to understand their business needs so we can provide real estate solutions to support all of the different functions of Capital One, both our businesses and all of our staff groups. Um, and, you know, making sure that they have the environments and the tools and the services um, and that the facilities uh, support them to do the work they need to do. That is a vast portfolio. <laughs> it's a wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I guess like, and that's really in in all honesty, um, you know, having worked with you and partnered with, with Capital One before, you know, I have some idea, but you know, I think of anyone listening to the show and thinking about, all right, what's workplace solutions. They may have had a narrow idea of what that is, but this is a vast portfolio. And um, my guess is because it's strategy and keeping associates in the business running, you know, having more under it versus less uh, is part of the logic. Absolutely. And if, if you think about it, we're actually a really small group of, of internal associates, but we have incredible partners um, that are the performers, you know, that are, are doing the services. So they're, they're running the facilities and the moves and the construction projects and serving the food or running the fitness centers. And so we've got different partners and they're all fantastic and part of the extended team that bring the, the real estate and the experiences that we're creating to life for all of the associates in our buildings. Amazing. So you've been at Capital One for 14 years and, um, you know, the, there's a new report um, and survey of yours that we're going to be talking about. And I know I'm going to get into that, but your career, I think, just is so interesting. And that's why I'm kind of diving in at, at the start with all of this. You've been 14 years at Capital One. Um, how did you come to be in that particular role? It has been a grand adventure, Kelly, for sure. Um, so my background prior to joining Capital One, um, I did finance and Six Sigma work for a couple other corporate headquarter offices, more on the retail industry side. Um, and so interestingly, I actually joined Capital One in our Texas offices 14 years ago in our auto finance business as an operations analyst. And so got to work on some neat analytical projects, got to work um, on some of our uh, acquisition integration work with our first bank acquisition buying Hibernia Bank. Um, and so uh, one of the initiatives I was working on was partnering with the auto business to help them determine if they needed another contact center uh, to support their call volumes. And so in that initiative, got to know the local real estate team in Texas because they were supporting the business as well. And so after that, that project wrapped up, uh, the real estate team had just broken ground on building a new campus in uh, North Texas, so in Plano, a suburb of Dallas. And they said, hey, can we borrow staff? Um, we um, need someone on this project team who knows the business that we're building and designing this campus for, and, and someone who can do analytical work for us and actually design some processes to kind of figure out how are we going to get all these people into this new space with all of these different changes that um, are ahead of them. Um, so can we borrow staff? And so it was an incredible opportunity. And so my management and, and I were like, yeah, that sounds great. And so I went on loan. Um, 12 years later, I am still in real estate. Um, apparently, they can't get rid of me. And I'm like a bad penny. I just keep turning up. Um, but I, I um, through that, through that initial project of being on the project team to build the Plano campus, I learned the business of real estate. And I learned what it meant to take business strategies and translate them into a uh, tangible bricks and mortar solution or a service to support, you know, people that are working longer hours because they're on phone representatives. And I fell in love with the business of real estate and, and I loved the connectivity and it became a physical manifestation of our business strategies. And so from that point forward, I, I did stay and officially moved over to, to um, be part of the real estate organization and have had a variety of roles as our organization has evolved and as I've learned more about the industry and grown in that. And so um, kind of each one of those opportunities within real estate has built on themselves to um, get me where I am today, hanging out, uh, doing what I get to do every day. That's amazing. And I'm probably clicking through Marty's head as it was clicking through mine as I'm hearing your story. It's like, you know what? You never know where your opportunities are going to come from. And uh, for those of 
you know, folks listening, you know, and you're in a big company, you know, networking and getting to know your colleagues in other departments is as important as, you know, building your external network within your your industry. Um, Because here's a prime example of, you know, completely crossing over into a new area, taking your skill set and applying it to a new knowledge base and uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal. Anyway, it's, it's been and, you a get, fun you have, and sure. people can have long and varied careers within one company. And that's, you know, the other thing I think we talk so much uh, in in things today about people are going to have multiple jobs and switch industries. It's like you may do that within your own company. And I think that's sort of another little point to highlight there. Um, you kind of touched on this, but or started to touch. And let's go down this angle before we jump into the work environment survey that I just think is so beyond cool. What, um, why is it important for the workplace to reflect who a company is? That's a great question, Kelly. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you look at our company or any, any company, regardless of the industry, people are the heart of companies and they are definitely the heart of Capital One. And so it's really important to have a workplace strategy and an environment that we create that's about them and about empowering them to do the best work so that they ultimately can support our customers. So I've been hinting in this, you know, after asking you initially and introducing, you've been hinting about this work environment survey. So let's talk about it. Let's dive in. Um, But let's start here. The underlying question of the 2019 work environment survey is what does today's talent need, want and expect from their work environment? Um, Can you talk about what this survey is and who was surveyed? And why the heck you do this? Because you're not talking to Capital One employees um, and what the methodology is. And then we'll dive into some nitty gritty of what you discovered. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is our third year doing the survey. It's our second year doing it nationally. And we ran the survey as a tool to capture feedback and the voice of other professionals around the country of what's going on in the space of real estate. Uh, Capital One is a data-driven company, and so we love data, and and it is a great um, tool, and it's actually a currency to help inform how we do business, and and so it's it's the same for the real estate team. And so um, we ran it to capture that voice and a little bit kind of based on our continued hypothesis and evolution of our workplace strategy of, hey, are, are we still trending in the right direction? Um, and again, not having Capital One Associates hearing a diverse set of professionals, multi-generational, multiple industries and multiple levels within their careers um, really helps confirm or reaffirm where we're heading as a company and with our real estate and, and our experiences that we're creating. The methodology that we used to tackle it is we actually surveyed 3,500 total responses. A thousand of those were nationwide. And 2,500 were a combination of designated markets, and it was 500 per market. And so having those responses, that aggregate, um, was really the, the voice that we hear that we're going to get to dive into. Yeah, yeah. And, and for anyone wondering, the, the, the markets were San Francisco, Chicago, Dallas, Washington, D.C., and New York City. So um, some major centers in the United States where lots of interesting activity and stuff is going on. Um, so what are the key insights from this year's survey? There were really kind of key in three, try that again, there were really three key insights that surfaced. Um, what we saw, which has really been a, a recurring theme, is that the workplace design forms a basis for success. 
Um, and it just shows that the continued need for thoughtful design um, in our office spaces, it's still top of mind for professionals um, and that they actually believe that they perform better in a well-designed workplace. Um, we also saw um, just the continued theme emerge around flexibility and adaptability continue to be critical elements of workplace design. Um, and what's interesting, and, and we will probably get into this a little bit later, is that the flexibility and choice within the workplace aren't just around the optionality you have of the different types of spaces, but where we really saw um, a theme emerge around flexible schedule and flexible hours um, that employees are wanting from their employers, um, as well as just really seeing the shift to having this adaptability in a dynamic workplace. And the last one that was really interesting and truthfully not surprising just um, with where we're heading um, across industries and, and um, is that employees are wanting resources to support mental health and well-being and having that and really focusing on the integrated holistic experience of our associates is top of mind. So cool. Um, thank you, um, Stephanie, for those key insights and for our listeners, the link to the 2019 work environment survey um, that Capital One has done, we're going to have that in the show notes. So you'll be able to see everything that was discovered, and we're going to talk some more about it. Um, you mentioned in an earlier answer, Stephanie, um, you know, different generations. Are there differences between generations on how critical office design is to employee success? Um, and it's kind of fun because a prior guest on the Business Builders show, Lindsay Pollock, um, author of The Remix, has been working with you um, on this work environment survey. So any differences between generations? It's, it's great that, that you uh, bring up Lindsay, uh, a good friend indeed, and you know, what, what she continues to, to marry to the work environment survey really is that gener generational perspective. And you know, what's fascinating is that this is the first time that we are seeing five generations in the workplace. And so because of that, we are seeing slight generational differences, but what I'd actually say is that that multi-generational gap has closed and we're seeing an influence across generational lines where they're, they're being influenced forwards and backwards um, across all five generations. So has the generation that liked beige interiors, have they left? For the, <laughs> that's my, that's my joke. That's thinking, my joke. Well, there, coming they from may still or... exist somewhere, and I beige is a lovely color, so I we I don't want to <laughs> knock beige, but um, I do think that we are continuing to see that transformation of our workplace um, in a more vibrant way. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Having come from a law firm environment, and as soon as you say multi generations, I'm like, oh yes, the generate generations that thought you know bookcases and beige and dark and that's right you know, beige and exactly exactly <laughs> yeah if, if that trend is over with all these generations merging in the workplace i'm really damn happy um, <laughs> so flexibility you mentioned it before it's really prominent in this survey um yeah. talk talk more about how employees are looking at flexibility so they're, they're looking at it in a couple different dimensions. And so, you know, kind of, you know, what we said in one of those first insights around, you know, good workplace design forms a base for success, you know, 90% of the folks in the survey agree that they perform better in that well-designed space. But as you start to unpack that a little bit, you know, what we're seeing is that 71% of employees are saying that it's important for their company's workplace design to be flexible. And so flexibility has the, a couple different dimensions, like we said, that it is 
optionality around the workplace that um, I can work at my individual workstation or I have the flexibility or choice to go move to a more collaborative area or a more private phone booth or to a conference room and having that. But what we're seeing is flexible is now being translated to the ability to have flexible schedules and flexible hours and recognizing um, a, a focus more on that work-life integration and recognizing that work doesn't just happen between eight and five and life before that and after your work hours, that it truly does integrate. And so that driving desire to have, um, you know, the ability to flex in their, their time of day and how they're coming into work and, and when they're doing their work is a prominent theme. You know, and just thinking about my own day today, I think I, you know, I'm trying not to look at my phone and answer emails well before I get out of bed. But that mind, I mean, when I think about, as you said, flexibility and where they do work, you know, part of my work today was sitting on a sofa. You know, now I'm sitting at my desk. Um, you know, we, you know, we don't sit in the same you know, chair, I mean, very few people still are in those kind of roles. And maybe you mentioned earlier a call center, that would be the case. But we're moving around. Our bodies need to be in different positions based on the, the task that we're doing. And so that, that flexibility, adaptability and dynamic workplaces were mm -hmm. also um, important aspects of the survey and design flexibility. What are meant by those concepts? And do you have any examples? I do. And, you know, it's fascinating. And it was something that as we got the results that kind of for me to wrap my head around is I, I historically would use adaptability and flexibility interchangeably, but they're actually very different terms. And as it relates to the survey results, as well as what that means or how that translates in, the, in a workplace environment. And so that adaptability or dynamic work environment that we're seeing um, people that, that they're hungry for is, is really around the ability to be able to um, change the environment um, or create fungibility of space um, for folks as the type of work that they're doing throughout the day changes. And so, you know, what, what I mean when I say fungibility of space is you may have um, a cafeteria area that during mealtime is you've got seating areas for people eating their meals. But in those off hours, those are great spaces that can be adaptable by just someone choosing it to use it in a different way to have an all hands because you can pull people together or do a pull up with somebody in that space. Uh, another example would be, um, for instance, my office. So I have my office set up as a conference room. Um, so when I travel or I am in other meetings in the building and not here, that my team or other folks can use my space as a pull-up space or if someone needs to take a conference call, it becomes fungible for another purpose besides a dedicated office. And so that's really what um, we're seeing around what adaptability means, that it creates a multifunctional use for space that may have generally been defined as one purpose. That's awesome. Thank you for that example of your office because I think that's, you know, Maybe people are surprised, like, oh, my God, she's actually got an office. But, yes, people still have offices, folks, um, and they are still needed. Um, and having that – but it doesn't need to be – when I think about, you know, my days working in an office, it doesn't need to be this thing that is, you know, kind of proprietary. Um, it can be collaborative. Um, it can be shared. Um, it can be a better use of real estate. Um, right. So – 
one of the other things that fascinated me in the survey was two in three employees place importance on innovative work spaces and workplaces. And, you know, I think we can all kind of, as soon as you say sort of innovative, maybe, you know, you have visions of Google and a slide or, you know, you know, some, you know, a, a field of ping pong tables. I don't know what people think innovative is. What is innovative? What, what, are, what are people looking for when they say innovative? It's a fantastic question, and, and that word is absolutely going to, you know, connote a lot of different um, ideas or thoughts. And, you know, I think, you know, what we recognize is that innovation is, is going to vary across different companies and industries. And so the way that we are referring to innovation and, and interpreting it is it's really the way work is done to make things smarter and easier or just more intuitive. And, and what that does is it ultimately leads to better solutions for our customers. And so that innovation is having an environment that's adaptable or flexible for teams to be able to come together and real-time problem-solve or collaborate or throw something up on a digital screen to, to share and tackle a, a problem that they're trying to solve or to create a product for a customer. Being able to do that is fostering the ability to be innovative in the work that they're doing um, and let those creative juices flow. That's awesome. That's awesome. We have a lot more to talk about, and we're going to do that in a for our listeners. Listen, a little PSA here. We're going to do that in a second interview with um, Steph because you know we like here at the Business Builder Show we like to keep these conversations tight and focused, um, and not have you listening here for fifty nine minutes. So um, enjoy this interview, listeners, and stay tuned. We're going to have another conversation with uh, Steph and dive more into the 2019 Work Environment Survey. Thanks, Steph, for this initial conversation. Thanks so much, Kelly. Thank you so much for listening to the Business Builders Show. To learn more about me, and I'm Marty Wolf, go to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. That's MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. To learn more about Kelly Hoey, go to her website, which is jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. And of course, you can find Kelly and Marty on LinkedIn and Twitter. A reminder, you can find all our Business Builders shows on iTunes, Spotify, and on your favorite podcast app. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.